Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. You know, the Democrats' entire political theory is to just lie for power. You know, lies, deceptions, however you want to say it, they lie in order to get power. They lie in order to fear-monger, to scare people into voting against their political opponents because, in reality, nobody actually looking at the Democrat Party and what they say would actually vote for that if they were well-informed, educated people. And they go off, and we could talk about how the Democrats are great marketers, but they're not really that great at marketing. They just have information control. They have the media, at least 95% of the media, pushing whatever fake news and propaganda that the Democrats come up with. And then you have the tech tyrants censoring any opposing views, access to data, information, other opinions or viewpoints. And so it's not so much marketing, it's a matter of blocking any alternatives so that all you hear is the Democrats. And as the Democrats lie, lie, lie and and gaslight you, tell a lie, tell it boldly, tell it often. And in this particular case, block any access to any countering evidence and information. So they're not really that great at marketing. They just have control over access to information and control over most communications. Now, the Democrats, they go off and they will lie about so much. They'll try and claim, oh, this is racist and that is racist when it's the exact opposite. It's not racist. It is actually anti-racist. And then the Democrats will push racist policies and say that is anti-racist. You know, they go off and they lie, and a lot of it is fear-mongering. But, you know, some of it is just to take advantage of people who are not very well-informed. You know, they can't go off and fear-monger everybody, so they try to go off and push whatever lie they think will be beneficial to them. And one of the lies that they go through and they tell quite often is that Republicans are the party of big business. Republicans are the party of major corporations. See, the Democrats will always accuse the Republicans that which the Democrats themselves are guilty of. Think about this. Every million, not, I guess not every millionaire, but most of the millionaires, most of the elitists in society, most of the mega corporations are all leftist supporters. They all donate big to the Democrats. They support Democrats. They push Democrat policy. Why? Because the big lie here about saying that the Republicans are the party of the millionaires and billionaires, the elitist 1% and the mega corporations is actually the Democrats trying to accuse the Republicans that which the Democrats are. The truth is, The Republicans are the party of Main Street. They're the party of the middle class, and they're the party that supports lower-income workers trying to help lift them out of poverty. Now, the Democrats try to take credit or take that as what their party is about. They'll talk about the middle class while they're attacking the middle class. They'll attack the lower-income class while saying they're going to help raise them up They go off and they enact protectionist policies to help protect the mega businesses, the biggest corporations in the country, while trying to say that they are attacking them. 
And one of the things here, though, is that these mega corporations will donate 90%, maybe. I'm just going to give you an example. May donate around 90% to the Democrats. And then hedge their bets a little bit with 5% donations to the Republicans. And then the Democrats use that 5% going to the Republicans and will say, see, they're the party of big businesses and major corporations, ignoring the fact that the Democrats receive nine times as much from these mega corporations. And, you know, we see this pattern going on. And Ted Cruz has luckily caught on to this, and he's fighting back, and he is trying to take away permanently the left's ability to push this false narrative. And here's his plan. Whether it's the corporate media or, or big business, uh, we're seeing woke corporations that are engaged as, as the political enforcers of the radical left. And, and, and are trying to silence, are trying to cancel, are trying to punish American citizens, and, and I think it is profoundly dangerous. Look, we've got to grow a backbone. We've got to stand up to big business, and, and, and we've got to take on big tech. We've got to use the antitrust laws to break up big tech, to go after them for abusing their monopoly power. I am no longer accepting even one penny from any corporate PAC. Over, over nine years in the Senate, uh, corporate PACs have given me about $2.6 million. But I said enough is enough. These, these guys are corrupt. They're lying to the American people. They're fighting the American people. They've declared the American people are their enemy. And so I don't want their money. I won't take a penny. And, and, and when they come to Washington with their hands out for corporate welfare, for subsidies, for mandates, and they do that over and over again, look, I've been standing against the cronyism and corporate welfare a long time, but I'm urging my colleagues in the Republican Party to stand against the cronyism and corporate welfare as, as well. I think the Republican Party needs to grow a backbone and stand up to woke corporate America. And that is exactly right. Corporations now, the biggest businesses, in the United States are not just donating to the Democrats. They're trying to use their businesses to enforce Democrat ideologies, to enforce Democrats' priorities, to try and push through the far-left agenda as much as possible and force it on we, the American people. See, it's the major corporations aren't just the donors of the Democrats. They're actually the base of the Democrats, the true base, the financers, the enforcers. They are the ones doing all the things in the private sector that Democrats cannot get done in government because they can't get enough votes to overcome the filibuster. So if government is not able to pass something, all these big mega corporations, they're trying to enforce it. You know, they're going off and they're doing this woke culture and they're promoting woke culture because they realize it's a, it's woke culture is about authoritarian. It's about power, control, and money. That's what it is. It's about crushing any competition, blocking anybody from being able to rise up. It's about protecting their current position and ensuring that they don't become the next blockbuster. You know, it's not about them going off and trying to build better products at better prices. 
No, they want to keep a monopoly on power, a monopoly on the economy, whereby they maintain their position and their profits, not because they're the best, but because there is a lack of options. And they found that woke culture gives them that ability where they can virtue signal that, hey, I'm so great, I'm fighting for the little guy, when really they're taking a little, uh, the look at the little guy, knocking them down and kicking them down repeatedly so that they don't get up. Now, the Democrats will go off and try and say, oh, Trump's tax cuts was a tax cut for the millionaires and billionaires. No, it wasn't. Sure, they benefited as well, but the tax cuts were a tax cuts that largely benefited the middle class and the lower class income but it also vastly benefited Main Street. Yes, the big mega corporations, they did buy back stocks, which, by the way, helped the middle class and lower income people who had 401ks and IRAs. Most of those are invested in the stock market. So when the stock market does good, when stock prices go up, people's retirement goes up. But the Democrats, they hate that because the more you save for your retirement, which is why they wanted to try and suck as much money out of you as possible. Because the more you save for your retirement, the less dependent you are on government, on social security, which means they cannot go out there, threaten to take away your social security if you don't vote for them, right? I mean, you take a look at people who are on social security and they are afraid. They're afraid that you know the Democrats not get in their way will take away their social security, or even if they, you know, um, you know, are not about, you know, be thinking that they're afraid, they're afraid that, you know, the other side, because the Democrats will promote that the Republicans will attack their social security when the Republicans have never attacked social security. They've tried to find ways to bolster it, to shore it up, to ensure that it will last for future generations. So they fearmonger to get you to vote against Republicans with that lie. You know, but when the tax cuts hit, we saw a boom to the economy. We saw entrepreneurship going up, more businesses being created, Main Street businesses becoming more profitable. We saw incomes going up for the middle and lower income classes. Right? It was a great benefit. Now, sure, the mega corporations, they saw that they were making bigger profits and the Democrats tried to market the tax cuts as you know handouts to the corporations, which letting people keep money that they earned is never a handout, right? But they tried to use that to say, yes, it was all for the elitists. But while the corporations were glad to have more profits, they did not like the actual tax cuts, why? because the tax cuts came with deregulation. And when you have lower taxes, lower regulations, you get more entrepreneurship, you get more people creating businesses, which means you have more people going out there creating competition. And that can turn the current mega corporations into the next blockbuster. And so they view the Democrats, the Democrats uh, demand for higher taxes and more regulations, the same way as the mom and pop store in liberal cities used to view paying protection money to the mob. It's just an expense that you do in order to be protected from outside forces. In this particular case, as government creates more regulations, 
Does that create a more expense on the mega corporations? Yes, but they can afford it. Meanwhile, you know, Main Street businesses, the small businesses, and Main Street mom and pop stores, the next startup business, they can't afford to navigate the regulations. And they go out of business, which means higher regulations decreases competition so that the mega corporations actually get more market share, more money, because there's less options. Let's say you have the American dream. You got this feeling deep in your soul. You want to go out there and start a business, right? You've saved up this amount of money to get your business off the ground. You try to start, and all of a sudden, you see there's all this regulations. What do you got to do? You got to hire a lawyer to help you know, figure out what the regulations are, what you need to do to comply with them, and what you need to file. Plus, you need to do filing fees. By the time you pay all the lawyer's fees and to, get, and to navigate all the regulations, you're pretty much bankrupt. Your business is dead before it gets started. But let's say you managed to have saved up enough money and you were able to afford that lawyer and afford to fill out all the paperwork, filing costs, and everything to get around all the red tape of those regulations. Well, now you got to deal with higher taxes, which means as you're getting your fledgling company off the ground, the government is taking a big chunk out of what profits you are making, which means you can't grow as fast. You can't hire and expand to keep up with demand. You can't, you know, basically grow your business, invest in your business, invest in, you know, the, you know, uh, supplies or equipment that your business needs. And so your business, you know, you may have gotten through to the point where you're able to open the door, but you're not able to generate enough cash flow because the government is taking so much, taking so much in regulations, taking so much in taxes. If you do manage to hire an employee because you can't handle all the work, well, then they stick it to you even more, right? And this is why the estimate is about 90 to 95% of new businesses fail within the first five years. And see, that's why these big mega corporations support the Democrats enforce liberal policies, engage in woke culture. Because as long as the Democrats are in charge and and regulate the economy to death, the mega corporations are protected. They're protected from competition. They're able to stay in power by ensuring that the competition never gets off the ground. See, the, the big lie here is that the big corporations, the elites, the wealthiest, you know, 1% uh, is supportive of the Republicans. That's a lie. They're actually almost all exclusively Democrats. And they're Democrats for the very reason I laid out for you. Because they got their business off the ground. They're established. They're big. And now they need the Democrats to help burn down all the bridges behind them so that they don't have to face competition. They don't want to be the next blockbuster going under because a Netflix comes out. And now that Netflix is this big, mega, huge corporation, 
Of course, they've become leftists because they want the Democrats to increase regulations and taxes to prevent the next innovative idea in entertainment from turning Netflix into Blockbuster. That's what's going on. This is why the big mega corporations all support the Democrats and try to enforce woke culture. And then they try to go off and, you know, go to the Democrats and they pay them money, 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 money for more regulations, more rules and laws, rules, laws, and regulations that these big mega corporations are actually behind in writing. You know, that is another thing. The Democrats have pretty much outsourced writing a lot of laws and regulations to the big mega corporations. And then they want to say the Republicans are the party of, you know, the wealthiest and the mega corporations and claim that the Democrats are the party of Wall Street when the reality is the exact reverse is. This is what corporate welfare is. It's not letting you know people keep more of the money that they earned through tax cuts. By the way, corporations don't pay taxes. You do. Corporations make 100% of their money from you paying them. So this whole corporations pay taxes, no. They, they're just the middleman collecting taxes from you for the government. Now, when we go off and we talk about tax cuts, Yes, tax cuts work. They work every single time in boosting the economy. But it takes time for the tax cuts to cut uh, to take effect. You know, the, it has a chain reaction. And the first part of that chain reaction is businesses and individuals taking the ability to keep more of their money, insuring up their own finances, paying off debt, which is part of what stock buybacks are you know, and reducing their liabilities, you know, saving up an emergency fund, saving up, you know, for investments. And then they start rolling out and giving, well, pay raises, right? But that takes time. And the more the Democrats interfere with the free market and destroy the economy, the longer it takes for the tax cuts to be able to take effect and really generate the economic boom that they generate every time. Now, we didn't have, you know, very long with the tax cuts, you know, before the global pandemic. Now that the Democrats are in charge, you can pretty much say that we're going to hit the recession that we were pretty much in on a permanent basis during the Obama administration. The Obama administration, which did everything it could to keep the economy down. And so corporate welfare is not tax cuts. Corporate welfare is the regulations, the increasing regulations, the increasing taxes. That's actually corporate welfare because it's protection from competition. They can't compete on innovation. They're too big. They're too slow. They're too risk averse. They can't, you know, react to market changes nearly as fast because they become too bureaucratic. So they need to pay the government protection money. <clears throat> and then the government comes back by helping to protect them from competition. We also see this on the social media companies. We see a new you know, free speech platform come out, Parler. It was doing good. It was rising up. It was, be, it was dominating the app stores. It became a real threat to Twitter. Twitter needed protection from competition. In comes Google 
and knocks them out of the app store and then their you know um servers are taken down and you know their site is basically taken out now that is private businesses colluding with each other to block competition but the same thing happens with government you can think of the democrats as google and these big mega corporations as twitter competition comes up starts threatening the business of these mega corporations so they go to the government and say hey we need help this company it's innovative it provides a better product at a lower cost we can't we won't be able to survive here's a little bit of money okay well just let us know what you think needs to be implemented in regulations well here you go here's the new regulation that we think will vastly help protect us okay we approve it that's how that works meanwhile as democrats continue with higher taxes and the higher regulations while the big mega corporations benefit big main street suffers the small businesses medium-sized businesses they they suffer as well but really the biggest you know victims of the democrats is Main Street, the small business, the restaurants, the, you know, mom and pop store, you know, who can't afford to be able to stay in business and they keep going out of business when Democrats are in charge. You know, the protectionism is the corporate welfare. That and the Democrats always coming up with all these spending bills to pay towards their big major donors in these mega corporations where they go off and they will spend money to, you know, for whatever government program towards a company so long as they, you know, develop this or do that. You know, solar panels was one where the Democrats invested a lot of money into companies of solar panels. Now, there's an industry that cannot survive on its own. You know, solar panels, they keep saying solar panels, solar panels, solar panels, but if they were to be based on free market economics, almost every solar uh, company, solar panel company would be out of business because they can't make an affordable product or a decent product. You can you know, get all of the solar panels on every square inch of your house and it still won't provide for your electrical needs. So, you, so solar panels is the you know, industry of the elitists right? You pay a lot of money and it doesn't actually eliminate your dependency on, well, fossil fuel energy, (laughs) you know? You're just trying to make yourself feel good, you know, and maybe you're reducing it, but the average person, the middle class, lower income earners, they can't afford it. And yet the government keeps putting in policies that raise prices on fossil fuels and then subsidizes these solar panel companies, right? And they're trying to force something that doesn't work. You know, and they will pay off, and you got some of these solar companies that are big mega corporations now and almost entirely dependent upon government. It is sickening how they do that. It is just... You know, and then, then the Democrats are able to go out there and try to act like they're the party of Main Street. Give me a break. You know, so what 
Ted Cruz is doing here is saying, hey, these corporations, they're anti-America, they're anti-free market, they're supporting authoritarianism, and they're trying to implement oppression in America. They're trying to keep you down. You try to exercise your right to free speech. Boom, these companies fire you. Or they refuse to allow you to do uh, business. For instance, you need to get a loan. Well, in order to get a loan, you have to prove that you comply with left-wing policies. You know, you want to get a business loan? Oh, yes, we're just going to start implementing questions about your carbon footprint, your environmental impact. Oh, wouldn't you know it? You're denied for the loan. You know, um, let's see here. It shows here that you do not uh, donate to the Democrat Party. Sorry, you can't get that business loan. That's where they are headed. And we already see where the financial institutions are already trying to implement things like that. And so uh, also they go, oh, you speak out on uh, Twitter. You support the Republicans and are against the Democrats. You know, I just don't think you're able to keep your job here. You're fired. That's what these corporations are doing. They're trying to basically take what social media companies have done, where they try to force compliance through punishment. You know, where if you say things that, you know, uh, counter left-wing ideology and, you know, you use facts and all that and the left can't actually defend their position, the social media companies, what do they do? They shadow ban you. They go off and, you know, maybe just deplatform you altogether. Well, corporations looked at that and go, you know what? We like the power and authoritarian control that the Democrats will give us. We're going to go through and promote all these Democrats, donate to all these Democrats. We want all these protectionist policies. And if you speak out, you're going to be starting to be denied access to financial institutions. We are already seeing people having their bank accounts closed, financial institutions refusing to allow people to have bank accounts with them just because they don't like their politics. That's already happening. You know, and then they'll go through and go, hey, you cannot voice any opposition to the Democrats or we're going to fire you. We're already starting to see some of that taking place. They're going to basically say, you either do as you're told and you better voice only supportive statements about the Democrats or you're not going to have the ability to engage in the economy and your financial life will be destroyed. And Ted Cruz has had enough of that. He's saying, hey, you hate America. We're not going to accept donations from you, even though what donations we get is next to nothing. No, but we're not going to accept money from America-hating corporations. These woke authoritarians. These power control freaks that have basically declared that the Constitution, the liberties, and rights thereof are their enemies. All right, so, yeah. You know, Ted Cruz definitely has the right idea fighting back, and as he's fighting back, by basically saying no corporate donations whatsoever. Well, if the no corporate do- donations ever make it to the Republicans, how can they say that the Republicans are the party of big business? 
They can't. So he recognizes who the enemy is, and he's taking away the left's ability to run fake narratives. You want a booming economy where Main Street, you know, small businesses, mom and pop stores, and people can go after the American dream, start their own business and succeed? You vote Republicans. You want authoritarianism where you basically have a class system where those who are in power will never allow anybody to disrupt that power through fair competition, where the power structure is rigged, well, then you vote Democrats. If you're the wealthiest of the wealthy, you vote Democrat because they're going to protect your wealth, even as they try to claim the exact opposite. It's basically the... Not just that the Democrats go off there and try to blame the Republicans for that which the Democrats are guilty of, but the Democrats engage in reverse psychology. Hey, you know what? We want to get people to support this policy. It's going to be very damaging to the average person, but it's really going to benefit the 1%. You know, now how do we get them to support that? Oh, I know. We'll market this as damaging to us and how it will benefit uh, the middle class. And then people will support it. And we'll make sure that any information that exposes the truth is censored and suppressed. There we go. So we'll just say, hey, you know, hey, uh, all you people, you really want to hurt us? This is how you do it. Support it. Do you think the wealthiest 1% are going out there through the media, the billionaires that own most of the media, you know, the so-called journalists, you know, the news organizations. Do you think the billionaires who own that and the millionaires that they hire to put on TV, do you think they're really going out there and saying, hey, you know, this is this will hurt us and therefore we want you to support it? Or do they think, hmm, this is going to be very good for us Let's just tell people, ah, hit the microphone, sorry. Let's just tell people it will hurt us, and then they'll support it. Reverse psychology. Ah, yeah. Republicans, you need to, you know, just step up. You know, you need to understand the very big threat that these mega corporations and the left represents with their constant non-ending attack on our rights and freedoms. Okay, so there's one more thing uh, here that I'm going to go through. Well, maybe two. Um, Portland. Portland is now cracking down on violent riots. Really? Yeah. They waited long enough, didn't they? Here's what that looks like. When you, when you see finally see a sheriff saying, we're not going to, we're going to lower the standards for what, it, what is required to book you in jail, meaning we're going to get tougher and we're going to crack down on actual, you know, arson and rioting and looting. What do you make of it? Well, I'm incredibly happy to see it. It's only about a year too late, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's great that they're actually finally holding people in jail because over the last year, you've seen people riot and burn burn down Portland for a year straight and get released back onto the street the very next day to continue to riot. And I just, it's been an incredible double standard when you think about 
the FBI still tracking down people for trespassing from January 6th. I mean, I just wish that we had these same resources a year ago when all these riots were at their peak. Okay, so let's be honest about what's going on here. The Democrats thought they had control over these terrorist groups. They thought that they could have control and be able to direct their anger, hatred, and their violence in a way that is politically beneficial for the left. And in the short term, yeah, they were able to do that. They basically said, you have free reign to do whatever you want. Terrorize any community that you want. Burn down any business or community that you want because we can just blame President Trump. Yes, we'll just blame President Trump. You know, people are protesting. This is how unpopular Trump is and their anger, you know, at President Trump and this whole, hey, if you just vote for Democrats, you know, all of this violence will go away. Now, it was lost on a lot of people about how the Democrats were basically threatened, either you do what we want or we're going to attack you. We're going to burn down your communities, and, you know, some of you are going to be murdered by these groups. You know, it, it, you know the threat that they were engaging in uh, against the country had, you know, was disgusting, but and to some degree it was effective. People voted not because they actually, you know, uh, believed in Biden. They just wanted the violence to stop in their community. And the Democrats were making it very clear that they they supported the Democrats. Yeah, got a little tongue-tied. I mean, the Democrats, that they supported the terrorists and were giving them free reign. And they were going off and trying to convince everybody that it was President Trump, even though it was all happening in these left-wing cities. Well, what happened? Now that the election, you know, has come and gone, we know uh, the results. We know how the Democrats got those results, you know, and it's not the way the left wants you to think, you know, but, you know, if I try saying it, YouTube will censor it. If we try to expose the truth about the occupant of the White House, YouTube will block it, you know, which should not be legal. That proves that they are a publisher, not a platform, and by claiming to be a platform, they are engaged in massive criminal fraud with the amount of money that's involved. But that's besides uh, this particular point. But Biden's in the White House. The Democrats, you know, have questionable control over the House and Senate. So the Democrats are in charge, and yet these violence actors uh, keep going. And now they're going, well, you know what? We can't blame Trump or the Republicans. The Democrats are in control. You know, they were effective in threatening people to either vote this way or the violence will continue. Well, people voted that way and the violence still continued. This is going to look bad on us. So they were all too happy to let these terrorist groups destroy any community, which largely they destroyed uh, communities of color, you know, burn down any business, wreak havoc all over the place, even murder people in order to gain political power. But now those very same groups engaged in those very same actions, now that the Democrats have seized power, is a political liability. So now they realize, holy crap, we can't let these people get away with this. We need to start cracking down, which is what they should have done 12 months ago when all this crap started happening. But they didn't. 
But now they're saying, okay, this is going to be damaging. So this is all politics. They're willing to use any level of violence needed in order to gain political power. It's only once they have political power will they stop the violence, but only if the continuation of that violence becomes politically damaging. It's the same thing uh, that the Democrats did with the KKK. You know, the entire lifetime of the KKK was the, their members, supporters, and financial, you know, and their ability to financially operate was supported only by the Democrats. And they openly promoted, uh, you know, themselves as, you know, the KKK. They openly bragged and were proud of it. It was only once the KKK became politically toxic, as the country became less racist, as Republicans were rising up and Republicans were at the forefront of the civil rights movement. Well, as we were able to change public opinion, the KKK went from being unnecessary, you know, you must have the support of it in order to get elected as a Democrat, now became politically toxic. So what did they do? They all of a sudden abandoned the KKK. They started going off and saying, oh, no, 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 these people are bad. Yes, 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 we agree these people are bad. And then they tried doing the dipsy-doo flipperoo and trying to go off and say, yeah, you know, these people, you know, were Republicans. You know, the Republicans are the supporters of it. And they just kept telling that lie until what happened. The media started promoting the KKK as a right-wing organization when it has only ever been a left-wing organization. And now you got groups of people, an entire generation, that don't realize that the KKK was just the Democrats' previous version of BLM, previous version of Antifa. They're all the same. The left always creates these violent, radical left-wing groups. But now that the violence has become politically toxic, now the Democrats are going to step up, and, tr- and what are they going to do? And this is going to be the narrative. The Democrats are going... Look at all the chaos that happened under the Trump administration. There were, you know, violent riots and acts of domestic terrorism because, you know, President Trump was bad. But we Democrats, we when we took power, you know, we we took action to stop the violence. And yet Trump tried to stop the violence and the Democrats blocked him. See, Trump wanted to send in federal troops to stop the violence. But the state governors would not allow it. They blocked it. They gave free reign. In fact, they promoted violence. They encouraged these groups to act violently. They purposely incited violence. The Democrats incited violence in order to create a political narrative. Now they're going to try and stop the violence that they started so that they can develop a political narrative. You see how it works? They engage in the worst, most atrocious behaviors possible, and then they actually campaign on those on what they did as if there's a solution to the problem they created. They do the same thing with slavery, which was an institution of the Democrats. Now they talk about slavery all the time and act like they were the ones that fought against it when they were the ones that, you know, wholeheartedly supported and promoted it. (sighs) Just, just unbelievable, unbelievable. 
Okay, so I have one more uh, topic here. And yes, it's on the topic of illegal immigration. I got two clips here for it. One is uh, goes through and tells you why we have such a crisis at our border that started only after Biden took office. Take a look. The, the stunning thing for me is that it used to be that most of the illegal crossing of the border would occur at nighttime. But under this administration, it occurs in high volume during the daytime. Have you spoken with the president, the vice president? Do they reach out to you to get an update on things? No. In a word, no. Very different from the prior administration. So this part right here, was that intended for wall construction? You see all the the equipment there? Yeah, this is part of the wall that was under construction and they just stopped. You're going to see right up here, they picked it back up. They just didn't connect the two locations. And it was all paid for. It's all paid for. The Texas border with Mexico is about 1,250 miles. To be precise, I want to say it's 1,264. You can Google it. But uh, it, it, it's just, if, if it were straight line desert like in Arizona, it'd be one thing. This is far more difficult to patrol and to protect. Is all of Mexico run by the cartels or just the border? <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, the systemic corruption throughout Mexico, and no one's safe. They've uh, undermined the rule of law everywhere, and uh, there's no place you can get away from the cartels right now. It's a domestic security threat to them. Well, first, uh, about the president not mentioning the board border in his State of the Union address, uh, I think it shows that, candidly, he, he doesn't care about the border. And, and they, they do not want to resolve the challenges that we have on the border. But I will tell you this. Uh, it, the first 100 days of the Biden administration, they've been great for the cartels, for the gangs, for the human traffickers who have been exploiting the border. Because what happens is uh, you have all these young migrants surge the border and the Border Patrol officers are occupied dealing with those who are surged in and that is when the cartels and gang members they're able to use the open spaces uh, to sneak across uh, the more high-valued people uh, such as terrorists uh, such as people with criminal records uh, and as well as fentanyl the drugs and things like that and that's exactly why we have all of these department of public safety officers down here because we are working to for texas to deploy resources to secure the border the thing that really struck me was um, once they're released, after they get processed, once they're released, they get legal status. It shows the, the president's, uh, President Biden's approach to this, uh, and that is to abandon the rule of law. Uh, what they're supposed to, to, to do is to detain them, uh, to cite them, uh, to require that they show up for a court hearing. And they've even abandoned the practice uh, of requiring citations and re uh, requiring appearance uh, at, at courts to show up. And so that does mean that all you have to do is get across the border uh, and you can uh, do anything you want to do. And of course, that means it's an abandonment of the legal immigration laws passed by the United States Congress. Okay, so I know that was a bit of a long clip here, but I wanted to make sure that you understood, you know, the full context and the full explanation. That was a great report by Marita Bartiroma. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. So let's go ahead and set up what they're basically trying to explain here. Under Trump, he made it very clear that illegal immigration 
would not be tolerated. That if you tried crossing the border illegally, you would be sent back to your home country. What did that do? That had the effect of reducing illegal immigration. Why? Because why would people, you know, spend thousands of dollars traveling thousands of miles in order to arrive at a destination that's just going to send them right back home? So they didn't even try. And because there was a large decrease in illegal immigration, that hurt the businesses and the ability of the cartels to function. They weren't able to get their drugs across the border as easily. They weren't able to profit from human trafficking, which also had the nice side benefit of meaning that there was less death, rapes, and mutilation of people by these human traffickers and drug cartels, right? But then Biden gets into office. He stops the construction of the border wall. He signals, hey, it's open borders again. And people start flooding. Instead of trying to sneak across in the dead of night, they come walking across in large groups in broad daylight because they're not afraid of being caught. In fact, they expect to be caught. They want to be caught because they know that they're not going to be sent back. As you had found out in there, the reason why they brazenly come across in large numbers in broad daylight and, you know, basically, you know, go off to surrender to Border Patrol is so that once they get caught, they'll just go, oh, yes, 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 we claim asylum, we claim asylum. And as a result, what happens? The Biden administration then goes, oh, you claim asylum? Okay, okay. Um, We're going to just... You know, we're going to say we're going to process you as a, uh, as an asylee. You know, there's no citation. You don't have to come back uh, for any court. You know, there's no uh, requirement that you appear before the court or anything like that. And then in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and release you into the general population. We're going to give you uh, at least temporary uh, legal status so that you can, you know, pick wherever you want to go in the country and you can get a job, work, and basically get everything that you were looking for when you decided to cross our borders illegally. He made it very clear it's open borders. That's what open borders is. Now they're going to say, no, 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 we, we, we stop illegal immigrants, but we process asylees when every illegal immigrant claims, you know, that they are seeking asylum. And as a result, they get legal status and tossed into the country where they disappear. They never have to show up for any court date, and they're able to you know, get you know, a work permit, to, and basically they get rewarded for illegally crossing the border. So, of course, they're going to come by the thousands. And as a result, what happens? Human smugglers see a big boom in their business. And we also see a drastic increase in death, rapes, and mutilation. You know, as these, as women are raped because, well, the human smugglers just felt like it. We see uh, people being killed because families, you know, um, you know, were asked, you know, halfway through transporting their kids up here, uh, or you know, entrusting their kids to these human smugglers where the kids were then um, held as ransom. The parents couldn't pay the ransom, so boom, death. And then mutilation. You know, the parents, you know, 
couldn't pay. And so what did they get? The kid, uh, the kid or the family member or the person is mutilated. A body part gets delivered to their family's home. And then all of a sudden they find a way to pay extra money in order to stop their loved one, their, you know, kids or their spouse from being murdered after being mutilated. But there's even more to it, you know, and how the cartels benefit. So because the cartels run a lot of the human trafficking, what do they do? They go, okay, okay. You know, we know that, you know, Border Patrol has its limitations. You know, they're not given a whole lot of resources under the Democrats. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go off and we're going to send thousands upon thousands of people across the border over here. Meanwhile, we're going to smuggle drugs and guns across the border over here. And all these agents are going to have their hands full with all these border crossers that they're not going to catch all the drugs and guns flowing across the border. The guns get into the hands of the criminals, which is why gun control will never work. Gun control will never work with an open border. Never mind that it's unconstitutional. The criminals will always get their guns that have been smuggled across the border. It's only you, the victim, that is being disarmed. You know, and so we see the night and day here. You know, hey, you know, why wouldn't you violate U.S. law if doing so means you get rewarded? I mean, illegal immigrants are one of the are the only group of people I know of that are actively rewarded for breaking the law. And then we wonder why they keep coming over in larger and larger numbers. And then, of course, the Democrats claim that if they have a kid while they're here, that kid is a U.S. citizen, even though there's nowhere, nowhere in the Constitution that gives them citizenship just for being born. There's actually two qualifications. The Democrats ignore half of the requirements to be a born U.S. citizen. You know, um, we'll get into to a whole other, uh, you know, constitutional discussion that will go on forever on that topic. But you start seeing the night and day. They, they want to be caught because getting caught means they get processed and legal status for crossing the border illegally, for coming here. Which means, you know, there's no incentive to actually come here legally. And if we have open borders and this is how we operate, well, then we don't have a country. The labor market is going to be flooded. The, you know, it's going to be a complete and total disaster because we cannot handle this type of population increase. We cannot handle wave after wave after wave of people flooding the country. We have immigration laws because we need you know, we want to be able to accept people from other countries, but we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot while we do it. We have to do it at a pace at which we can absorb, a pace at which we can handle without it causing pain and suffering to American citizens. And of course, the left tries to go, well, you know, these these people are doing jobs that American citizens wouldn't do, so it's not really having an effect, which is racist for them to think that all these illegal immigrants are just farm workers. We know that's not true. 
They're doing all types of jobs, blue-collar and white-collar jobs. They're not, you know, just, you know, completely uneducated. There's a lot of skilled workers in there, right? And so, no, I'm not racist enough to believe that these are all a bunch of skillless workers, you know, no knowledge workers. No, I understand that they are knowledge workers. But I'm saying here is wave after wave after people is damaging, especially at a time when there's already high unemployment. Why is it when you have high unemployment, would you keep bringing in people to keep the labor market flooded or to flood the labor market even more? You're just basically, right now, you have a job shortage. And then you keep bringing in more people, which which creates a bigger job shortage. Does that make sense? Of course not. But the Democrats don't care. They're, They're looking to help big businesses benefit. Democrats like open borders because it's basically a labor subsidy for the mega corporations and the Hollywood elites. You know, where they get all this cheap labor. And if you won't, you know, if you're not willing to take a job where you're overworked and underpaid, well, wouldn't you know we got all these people here that are. They're they're desperate enough to be overworked and underpaid. So what does that cause? Well, as time goes on, you have no choice but to accept a job where you're overworked and underpaid. It keeps wages down. Only in a time period when unemployment is low and you start coming up against a labor shortage, that's when wages start to go up. Now, of course, the the one thing that turns me off from... Uh, you know, immigration, or at least illegal immigrants, one of the things that pisses me off more and more, and beyond just the fact that it's damaging to the country, it's damaging to the economy, is the is the arrogance and self-entitlement of illegal immigrants. Here these people did, they violated our law, they're trespassing in the country, and then they think that they have rights. Let me explain this to you. If you're in the if you cross the border illegally, if you're illegally in the country, you have no rights. You have no constitutional protections. You have nothing. You're not supposed to be here. You have no protection. You have no rights. You have you shouldn't have a single voice in government. And yet they're becoming a big political power. They're going off, not only coming across the border illegally as if they own the place, but they're issuing demands. I should have put mute on there or closed that program, sorry. But not only are they just strolling into the country as if they own the place and that the rest of us are second-class citizens, they're doing so while vocally expressing their believed entitlement to everything. And here's what a little bit of that sounds like. President Biden, it's been decades since Congress has passed any meaningful legislation to legalize the millions of undocumented immigrants living in the United States. You ran your campaign with a promise of immigration reform and a promise of protection for immigrant families. Nothing has changed. You have failed to put immigration reform in American family plan and protect the immigrants from deportation. You gotta do better. 
advantage should not be excluded from a plan specifically designed to support and bolster families in this country. Enough is enough. It is time for us to come together. All undocumented immigrants are essential by virtue of our humanity alone. We need a pathway to citizenship for all 11 million undocumented immigrants, regardless of age, country of origin, or history of the Ankara incarceration. Now, that was very disgusting display here. I mean, think about that entitlement. First off, they want to go off and say it's been decades since, you know, the government passed, you know, legalization for illegal immigrants. Guess what? We only did that once in our nation's history, and the deal was it would never happen again. That was supposed to be the deal under the amnesty that happened under Reagan. He goes, okay, okay, we'll do amnesty so long as we secure the borders and illegal immigration never happens again. The left got their amnesty, but they reneged on their part of the deal to help ensure the securing of the border and enforce immigration laws to stop illegal immigration. So that was a one-time thing. And guess what? You're not entitled. He's going off there demanding that he be rewarded for illegal immigration, saying we're entitled by the virtue of our humanity. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not entitled to be able to stroll into a country illegally, violate our territory, trespass, and be rewarded for it. You're entitled to squat. You have no rights, protections, or status under our laws, our Constitution. You're here illegally. You're trespassing. The only only thing that the virtue of your humanity... Uh, may afford you in this situation is an on-flight meal as we ship you back to your home country. That's it. That's it. Now, I don't know if this guy himself is here illegally or if he's just, you know, a supporter, but his entire argument is pure BS. And then think about this. You're here illegally. You're violating our laws. And then you're demanding that the government provide you benefits taxpayer-funded benefits? And you say that you're entitled to taxpayer-funded benefits when you're not even supposed to be in the country to begin with? You see the mentality of these people. It seems like, you know, everybody south of the border has this mentality that they own the United States and that the citizens are only there to serve them are only there to give them what they want. That citizens are second class and everybody south of the border are the actual owners who are first class in this country is what they believe. And they're demanding that we implement policies to reflect that. No, I mean, think about this. First of all, the audacity that somebody in this country legally uh, has to go out, have a public event, and then demand entitlements and yet not be deported. I mean, the the first thing that should have happened is I should have been monitoring for these events, figure out if illegal immigrants are going to be there, and then raid them. That would be an easy day for ICE. They'd probably get at least one guy 
the speaker. But the overall arrogance, sense of entitlement, the spoiled child mentality of it. No, you you deserve and get nothing. There is no amnesty that's coming. First of all, the Democrats will never actually go with amnesty. At least I don't think so, because they like to use it as a political wedge issue. The Republicans will never go along with amnesty because the deal was, and the amnesty that was passed decades ago, is that it would never happen again. And at least the Republicans actually keep their word, even though the Democrats don't. Oh, man. I mean, this just kind of pisses me off like none other. I mean, could you imagine that? Let's let, let's put this on the personal uh, here for a moment. Someone breaks into your home and then demands that they have ownership of your home and then is out there uh, speaking from your home with a megaphone trying to call you a racist for not quick claim deeding at least a percentage of your property to them. They illegally broke into your home, breaking and entering. They're trespassing. They're creating a criminal act, and they're demanding that you deed a percentage of the property to them, if not the entire property, and then trying to say you're a racist if you don't, and saying that they are entitled to your home just by you know virtue of them breathing, having been born. That's basically what they're doing. It is sickening. It needs to stop. And I tell you what, more and more I think about running for president because, oh, man, all this crap would stop. And any government agent and agency that would try and drag their feet and slow it down or you know, try to stop it like they did Trump, I would fire them. All right. So that's it uh, for this episode. You all know the drill. If you're listening to the audio podcast, leave me a rating and review. If you're watching the video, give me a thumbs up, a like. You know, follow me by hitting that subscribe button. Even though subscribe, you know, just means follow. It doesn't cost anything. Leave comments uh, in the comment section, and you know, I know you can share this on uh, Parlor, Gab, Minds. I believe you can still share it on MeWe, although I have my issues with MeWe. You know, um, you know, I'm hoping it's a tech issue, but their lack of response makes me think that they're even worse than Facebook. You know, at least if Facebook censors you, they don't try and keep on taking your money while they do it. You know, so, uh, you know, got that. If you can share this on Facebook and Twitter, although I don't know why you're still on there. You know, go for it. Um, I'd be surprised if you catch this on YouTube, but hey, miracles happen. Otherwise, I'm sure you're watching this on either Rumble and BitChute. Thank you so much for watching, and I will be back again soon.